Uh, this morning, I wanted to tell you about the story of an individual in the Bible. And it's a unique story, a very unique story, actually, and maybe one that uh, hopefully will encourage you today. The, story, the Bible tells us the story of a young man who is preparing to get married. And he has found the chosen wife, the chosen spouse-to-be. And so he goes home and he tells his mother and father all about this lovely spouse that he's found. And uh, of course, you know, as any, any parent, they're a little bit skeptical. But overall, the Bible tells us that God's approval was on this. God's hand was on this. And so this individual, he's on his way back to go with his parents on his way back to go meet his or marry his bride-to-be. And on his way, the Bible says that in this story that as they're on the journey, this lion comes out. And can you imagine for a minute, you're on your way to your wedding and you're approached by a lion. We don't really deal with that here in North America, but maybe some other parts of the world that might be a common thing. But for them, it was a common thing, I think, every now and then to see a lion coming out. But this lion was hungry. And this lion made its way for this young man and what a frightening experience it could be. You can only imagine. And the Bible tells us that this young Samson was his name. And Samson defeated that lion with his bare hands and went on his way to be married. And what a thing to happen on the way to your wedding is you get, you get caught by a lion. You tackle the lion you, you, and it's destroyed. And Somehow, the Bible doesn't tell us how, but his parents weren't around when all this happened, so his parents never knew about it. And so I want to read you just some more details about this story, the story of Samson and this incredible uh, adventure that he had among many. In Judges chapter 14 and verse 5, the Bible says that Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, when he came to the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion roared at him, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed on him. And he tore the lion apart, barehanded as one might tear apart a kid. Uh, that's not a child, that's a young goat. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. And then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson. And after a while, he returned to marry her, and he turned aside on his way back, I want you to note this, and he saw the carcass of the lion that he had defeated. And inside of the carcass of the lion, the Bible says that there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion, and there was honey. And he scraped it out into his hands, and he went on, eating as he went. And when he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they ate it. But he did not tell them that he had taken it from the honey the honey from the carcass of the lion. You know, there's a lot of interesting stories in the Bible, but this is definitely among, you know, top 10 interesting here. As Samson defeats a lion and he comes back and on the way home, he discovers there's a bee's nest inside of the lion out of all places for a bee's nest to be. And there is a load of honey and Samson takes it in his hands and it's his food for his journey home. You know, this story is not actually uncommon to other stories that happen in the Bible. This isn't the first time that honey appeared out of nowhere. 
It was a common practice, even as it is here in in Virginia and other places around the world, that when bees do not have a place to make a home, they will make a home wherever it seems to be appropriate and likely. And so the Bible also tells us the stories about in the, in the children of Israel going through the wilderness that they stumbled upon rocks and there was a, a bee's nest inside of the rocks and there was honey in the rock. And likewise, here is honey in the lion. Recently, I was watching this documentary about this uh, old home that was being reconstructed and they noticed uh, one thing that there was interesting. They walked outside and they noticed that there were, they could see a few bees two or three bees, maybe four. But then somebody was kind of questioning, well, it looks like they're going inside and out of the house. And so someone went inside the house and there was a, an old uh, kind of a, a seated uh, dining table with a bench built into the wall. And they opened up this bench and inside of it was full of honeycomb, honey and bees just supplied. And if uh, I think we have some local apiaries here that are in training, uh, the sowers, so they're, they're learning. Maybe they can teach us about it later on. But the process is, as you know, honey's uh, is rare and bees, honeybees are becoming rarer and rare. So, of course, they called in professionals to preserve that and bring them into a proper home so that there could be honey for many generations on. It's always amazed me, though, that here were a lion and the, bee, the, the bees decided to make a home inside of the lion, and it would be just what Samson needed for his journey back home. It was surely an unexpected blessing on the way uh, back home from, or getting ready for his wedding. And you know, this is the story of life really for us and our journeys of following the Lord, is that there are many times in our lives and the things that we go through that are incredibly difficult. It's true. We go through incredibly difficult things. All of us do. All of us have unique stories. All of us have unique journeys and things that happen in our lives. Maybe it's personal health situations. Maybe it's family situations, financial situations, whatever it may be. But we all go through incredibly challenging times. But the thing that we learn about the Old Testament and we learn even in the New Testament is that we serve a God who even in the hardest places, even in the most difficult places, God has a way of bringing honey and sweetness to that which seemed very dangerous, difficult, and trying. And that was Samson's story. Samson discovered that the thing that was seemingly sent to destroy him, to absolutely end his life, bring a stop all to it, right there in that very moment, was a lion. But it would be that same lion that would soon be the home of the provision that was soon going to be coming to his life, the place of sweetness and the place of blessing from him, for him. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, is honey from the rock. Honey from the rock. You know, I'm, it's, we look around our world today and, of course, the events that have happened over the past few years and the situations that have been happening in our pandemic life and all the other things that are happening and war, earthquakes and rumors of war, et cetera, et cetera. It's challenging in our world. It's challenging not just in our own world, but it's challenging. Those challenges affect us personally in different ways. Maybe some of us have lost someone. Maybe of us have gone through a trying time. 
But the amazing thing about this story and Samson's story is that Samson learned the characteristic of God, that there is a sweetness in the place of challenge, that there is something good that can come out of a very difficult time. You may say to me, Charlie, you, you don't have any idea what I'm going through. You have no clue. How could there be anything possibly good that would come out of what I'm going through? What you're going to see here today is that what we talk about is that when honey came from the rock, it was not so much an explanation that God can uh, give you something sweet to enjoy while you're going through the journey of difficulty. It's really the journey of understanding that God himself is sweet in the time of difficulty and journey, that there is something incredibly good to be discovered about God in the time of trial. Joseph understood this best, and I call this the 50-20 principle. You know, the, uh, the eye doctor tells us 20-20 vision, that's perfect vision. But I want to tell you, this is spiritual perfect vision. It's called 50-20 vision, and it's this. When Joseph was talking to his brothers after a life of difficulty and harm had come against him, they had sold him into slavery, they had abandoned him, left him, all the possible things that they could have done to him wrong, they did it to him, they betrayed him. But when Joseph came into the position of power and was able to help them once again, Joseph looked at them and said in Genesis 50, 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. This could be Samson's story as he looked at this lion. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. This could be the story of sickness and trial in our life that it seemingly intended to harm us, but somehow God intended it for our good. And you have to think for a moment that this really is a miracle working nature of God for God to be able to build something up from such pain, from such difficulty and trial and turn it into good that shows the power of God who once before took the dust of the ground, breathed life into it and brought forth you and I. When God does honey from the rock, when God does a miracle in our trial and does goodness in the difficulty, it is a sign to us that you and I can have the assurance that trusting God is not in vain. That believing in him and holding on to him is not in vain. It's not a waste. It is for our good. The amazing thing to me about this is that you and I, we live on a fallen planet. We know this. We know that we live on a world that's full of sin. But yet somehow God decides to disrupt what should be the deserved punishment to us, what should be the deserved consequence to us all, and decides to bring a sweetness to it so that you and I might experience his goodness for on and on and on. And this is the first thing you see here about honey from the rock is that the thing that seemingly sent to destroy Samson would soon be the place of blessing. Would soon be the place of blessing. Who would have thought Jesus, the Mary, Martha, others sitting at the foot of the cross and in such a moment of pain. John, they loved Jesus. They had spent their life with him. They had given all to him. And all they could see was the person that they loved, the Savior that they had fallen and followed all the days of their lives was dying. And how could they imagine in that moment something possibly good would come from that? And they would soon discover that that pain would soon lead to a resurrection, which would soon lead to blessing for all of the world. 
And this is how God works throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, is God makes honey from the rock. God takes difficult places and makes something sweet come from it. God takes Jesus and puts him on the cross, squeezes him to the point of death, and what comes out of him is nothing but love that says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. In those challenging places, in those difficult places, I want to assure you today, and I want to just share with you my own testimony and my own experience, that there is something sweet that can come from that. If you will allow God to work and use that situation, there is something beautiful that can come from that. And you might say to me, Charlie, what possible blessing could come from such a terror, from such a trial, from such a difficulty? Well, let's go to someone else who discovered honey from a rock, and that was Moses. And Moses, as he got to the end of his life, the Bible says he recorded this beautiful song, and he began to sing in Deuteronomy 32, and he says this about a rock. He says in Deuteronomy 32 and 4, he says, The rock, his work is perfect, and all his ways are just. And go to verse 13, watch as he talks about a rock once again. He set him atop, he, he made him ride on the heights of the land and fed him with the fruit of the fields, and he nourished him with honey from the rock. He nourished him with honey from the rock. This song of Moses is a pretty long song. I encourage you to read it sometime. But you'll notice the theme as you read the song of Moses is that he constantly compares God to a rock. He constantly goes back and says, as we just read, the rock, his work is perfect and all his ways are just. You see, honey from the rock teaches us and assures us that God's ways are greater than our ways. And when God works in our lives in trials and situations, and when honey shows up in a place where honey, quite frankly, should not be, it's a sign that God's plan is perfect, that there is something more that God wants to do about that. And honey from the rock is really a metaphor to teach us that God is our rock. We sing a song like that. We sing about God being our rock. And what does that mean when we say God is our rock? You know, when you look at a rock, there's not really much admirable about a rock. It just looks kind of plain. There's, there's no life to it. It's not really pretty. But there's more to about, about a rock as we see in the Bible. In the Old Testament, when the Bible talks about a rock, it, it was a sign of two things. When the psalmist sang, when Moses sang, God is our rock, it was a sign of two things. And the first was this, is that God is our protector. God is our protector. It was common we don't, in the Old Testament to take rocks. Rocks were used to build a fortress, to build a place of shelter and strength. It was used to protect cities. It was used to hide the entrance of a cave, to keep those who were hiding from their enemies. It was always a sign that there was a protection around us. The strength and the hardness of the rock, the fortitude of the rock, showed that there was protection for the people hiding on the other side of it. And this is what it is meant by God being our rock, is that God is our protector. It's the strength of the rock. There is strength in God as our rock. The thing that is challenging about hard times in our life and difficult places in our lives is oftentimes we have this response that automatically assumes maybe it's the enemy whispering in our ear. Maybe it's some preconceived notion thinking, oh God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you harming me? Why are you bringing trouble upon my life? But what you're going to see from the story of Samson, from the story of Moses, is that they discover that what was God had not sought their harm, but God 
actually use their harm and use the trouble of a fallen planet so that we might find the strength of trusting him once again. Listen, if everything was just good all the time, and if life was just a, a bed of roses all the time, you and I would learn to, we would eventually wander away from trusting in the Lord. We would become so focused on ourselves and living in ease that we would lose the value of trusting in God. And this is the sweetness that comes from trials, is that God uses that to reassure our faith once again, that God is faithful, that God is is good, that God can carry me, God can sustain me. And that same story and testimony that we learn, God is my rock, He is my protector. It's the same story that you and I take to others when they're going through their trial, that we can say to them, listen, I may not know exactly what you're going through, but I've had my own hard place. I've had my own difficult place. And I can tell you today, if you will trust in God, there's honey that can come from this rock. There's something good that can come out of this. And I just want to encourage you today, my friend. And I just want to encourage whoever might be listening this morning. That God hasn't sought your harm. That's not what God did. The very God who knows the number of hairs on our head, why would he seek our harm? That doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. If God is keeping up with how much hair is on our head and he's desiring for us to make it to a place where he's gone and prepared for us, it makes no logical sense. It's a lie of the enemy that we might understand God wants to harm us. No, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. God desires to build us up to strengthen us, to help us, so that when we do go through difficult times, that when we do go through hard times, you'll note that the amazing thing, like Isaiah says about, about difficult times, God speaking to the people, is that when you pass through the waters, when you are in the time of trial, that God doesn't necessarily always say, I'm going to keep you from going through the trial, but he says, when you go through the trial, when you are in the moment, I will be with you. I will be with you. The thing that oftentimes we often pray, especially in our Western Christianity, is God, keep me away from the trial. Instead of saying, God, what can I learn in the trial? Where can I discover honey from the rock? If we didn't go through the hard place, we would never discover the sweetness of what God wanted us to learn in that place. That God is our protector. And if he is our protector, then he does not seek our harm. He does seeks us to discover the goodness of God in that situation. The another thing that happened about a rock in the Old Testament is we just said there, and Moses said that they were fed from honey from the rock. These porous rocks, these rocks that were built upon one another, honeycomb could be found laying in those places. And while the children of Israel were going through the desert, it wasn't one time, but many times they could go to the hard places, the dry place, and the difficult place and discover that there is provision for us. We may not have any food, but somehow there is honey in the middle of this desert. There is honey in this difficult place. And that is also to say, God is our protector. He He's the strength of the rock, and he is our provider. He is the sweetness of the rock. You know, when God makes honey appear in the desert, that's a miracle. When God can cause a swarm of bees to be at a place and time, where the children of Israel needed them to be. When God can cause a swarm of bees to develop a honeycomb fast enough for Samson to discover on his way back home that there is sufficient honey for him to have gobs in his hand, surely God orchestrated that. 
Surely God made it happen so that all the thing that was happening, all the trial, before even Samson even was on his way back home, God was already providing and making a way for him to have the sustenance that he needed. And it shows us that God is our provider. And this isn't to be confused with what has been often considered prosperity doctrine, that God always wants you to have the best of everything. That's, that's not God's. That's not the, to be the understood in this. That's, that's, that's a false doctrine. That's leading away from the nature of God. That's building up oneself instead of magnifying the greatness of God. The sweetness of the rock is this, that in my difficult place, in my trial, in the hard place, there is still something that I discover that when I'm going through it all, that there's a sweetness that attends to my soul. As the Bible says, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's something that I can't explain about it, but it's as if the presence of God is attending me and providing for my soul. That's not to say that God may not provide for the need that you're asking for. That's not to say that God may not make a way, but it is to say this, that it always points the attention back to God and reassures us that God is our provider and I can trust Him. I can hold on to Him. There's honey from the rock. There is something good that can come out of this. It's the nature of what God does through the Old Testament over and over again. It's something out of nothing. He spoke the things that, oh, that as though they were not as though they were. He spoke a universe into existence that had never been before. He made water part and walked on dry ground. He made the sun stand still so that the battle would no longer rage on. He made over and over again something out of nothing. And that is what God specializes in. And it's a reminder to us, yes, God is our provider, but it's a reminder to us that God does signs and wonders among us and that God does the impossible. And you and I should not be discouraged by impossible circumstances. You and I should not look at impossible circumstances and walk away from them afraid. You and I should look at impossible circumstances and then turn our heads to our God and say, God, but you are the one who does the impossible. God is our provider. He's our protector. And there's a honey from the rock. I don't know about you, but there have been times in trial in my life and times of difficulty in my life, and things that were challenging, that there is something about when I come and I say, Lord, I don't have any strength left. I don't have any energy to go on. When God provides honey, it gives us strength to go on. And sometimes more than the actual provision we need is just the endurance to keep going. And that's what the honey for Samson did. It gave him the strength to keep going. That's what it did for the children of Israel. It helped them to keep enduring. The trial wasn't necessarily over, but in the middle of the trial, they could keep pressing on. They could keep enduring. And that's what God wants for every believer here today. God doesn't want any of us to give up, throw in the towel, surrender, and say, no, Lord, I'm done. I'm walking away. No, what God does like he did for Elijah when Elijah was down. The Bible says he was so sad, and God sent ravens to feed him, provide for him in the middle of that desperate place that God gives us the strength to endure he is our protector but he's our provider because he wants us to keep making it he wants us to keep going keep pressing on keep acknowledging that's what faith is faith is that is acknowledging that although it may not appear well before my eyes I have the strength to keep going because I know I'm enduring for my God for my Lord and he has gone before me something out of nothing God is our provider. I want to ask the musicians to come. And I want to leave you with this as we 
finish up here about honey from the rock. When Jesus was teaching his followers, the Bible taught many times as he was walking around with people who who were in destitute situations. They were in bad places. They lived in a culture that constantly pushed down those who were oppressed and continued pushing them down. There was increased poverty in Jerusalem. There was increased need all over the land. And there was problems left and right as all they turned here and there. And Jesus wanted to remind them of a wonderful word and a wonderful thing about God. And that although God is our protector, he's our provider, there's a great sense he is our rock. There's a great sense of strength and there's a great sense of sweetness about what God does. But Jesus pointed people to the idea that God is not only our rock, but he's our father. And he spoke to the people that were going through difficult times and they were fearing for their lives. They were fearing for persecution to come. And Jesus was in the middle of teaching about persecution and what was going to happen to their lives. And he spoke to them these beautiful words in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 29. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet one of them will not fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. I love how Jesus, in the middle of teaching about persecution, pain, and sorrow, he pointed, this, he pointed their attention to the simplicity of what God does every day. Every day, he says, there's sparrows flying. Not one of them falls to the ground without God knowing. Every day there is activity happening around us, and you and I don't know it. There are birds flying, there are trees growing, and sun that is shining, rain that is to come. All the activity that you and I may take for granted every day. But do you not know that God is orchestrating all of that activity to happen? And he points their attention to say, if God is keeping all of that activity and God is keeping account of even the sparrows in the air, the birds of the sky, and is keeping account of that, he's even keeping account of all the hairs that you and I are losing day after day. And he knows, yep, they just lost another hair today, but hopefully another one will come in its place tomorrow. If God is able to do that, then Jesus was trying to take them to realize even the simplest and the smallest thing that you and I might take for granted and misvalue and miscalculate, that even those things, that surely God is invested in our well-being, in our lives, and how much He know, that we know that He loves us and cares for us. Surely protecting us and providing for us is an important subject to God if even the birds of the sky are important to God. And so Jesus tells them this, you are of more value than many sparrows. I just want to encourage you today, my friend. That's the problem with trials and tribulations is many times you and I leave at the end of it thinking, what is my life? It beats us down, wears us down, leaves us thinking, God, why should I keep going on? Why should I continue? But even Jesus said, you are of more value than them. Even the simplest thing. Don't underestimate your value to God. You are his child. He loves you. He cares for you. If he can make honey come in a desert, if he can send bees to end up in the carcass of a lion, then surely God wants you to experience his goodness right now in the middle of our pain and trouble and situation that you and I can say, oh, I know God is good. He is faithful. 
Everything might not be good around me, but I know my God is good. He is my rock. Will you stand with me this morning? Every eye closed this morning. There's something special about when you and I just pause our, our trial and our trouble and we just become real with the Lord like I hope you'll do this morning and just say, Lord, oh, it's been difficult. It's been challenging and I can't do it without you. And the amazing thing that I've discovered in those moments is that's when God's Spirit comes and lifts me up and encourages me. There's peace that comes I've never known before. Love comes that I've never experienced before. And somehow I leave that prayer with more strength than I ever had in my life. And oh, how God desires for you today. You are of more value than sparrows. Don't you underestimate how much God loves you today. There's honey in the rock for you, in the hard place. There's a sweetness for you. God wants you to know he didn't intend it to harm you. He intended it for your good. This morning you need prayer today. You need just a family, a brother, a sister in Christ to just come and stand alongside of you today and just encourage you and help you find the sweetness in the rock. Would you just come this morning and stand at the front today? We'd love to pray with you today. Don't walk through your trial alone. Don't walk through troubled times on your own. Let someone come and help stand along. That's the, that's the idea of the enemy is to isolate us, separate us. Don't let the enemy do that to you. Come, let the body of Christ surround you, encourage you. Feel free to come this morning. Come this morning. You need encouragement today in your trial. Just come this morning. There's honey from the rock for you. Oh, how God is our rock, our fortress and strength.